I played all the sports, football, basketball, baseball. Played basketball on a team that never won a game. And I was the most valuable player. Hi, welcome to The Grand Project, a podcast where we interview grandparents about growing up and growing old. My name is Kitty Janvren, and I am so excited to introduce this project and its inaugural episode. I've been lucky enough to know all four of my grandparents into my adulthood. It was only when I recently lost my grandmother on my dad's side that I realized I didn't have a good record of all of these stories that had been with me throughout my childhood, throughout my life, and that there were so many other things that I wanted to ask my grandparents to have a little bit of wisdom from them. I will say up front, there are a few things on which my grandparents and I disagree. I would say a lot of people find themselves in similar situations. As we talk about the past, I really want to reject putting on rose-colored glasses and instead really confront and learn from those things in the past that we are continuously seeing bleed into our present in an effort to make our generation, whatever generation that may be for each of us and future generations, kinder, more understanding, and more equitable. That said, our grandparents and those who have acted as grandparents for us have so much wisdom to share, and I hope to share as many of their stories as possible through this podcast. I'm especially excited for today's guest, my mom's dad, Paul Owen, but all of his grandkids, we call him Doc. As I talked with him, Doc was sitting on a couch that usually doubles as his nap spot in his home in North South Carolina. Yes, you heard me correctly. And in this house where I spent so much time as a child eating good food or running barefoot through the yard to play football with my brothers... You can hear at certain points my mother talking to my grandmother over the television in the downstairs den. I hope you'll forgive the excess noise, but I think it serves to really bring you into the space with us. Doc is originally from Alabama, and that accent, even after all of these years, has not left him in the slightest. What was most interesting for me in talking to him was hearing him reflect on how he's changed over the years. He was always fun and funny with all of us grandkids, and sometimes it's difficult for me to see the sternness and the workaholic tendencies that my mother recalls as she was growing up with her three siblings. But I'll let Doc talk a little bit about that himself. Oh, and one other thing to note. Doc is not the most technologically savvy. So I decided to do this interview in person out of worries about what could happen if he tried to set up a recorder on his end and I on mine. And so I went to his house, we sat down, I set up my microphone, and we talked for about 15 minutes. And that's when I looked down and realized that I never hit record. So that just goes to show you that this millennial has no business judging others' technological abilities. With that said, and without further ado, I am so excited to launch the grand project with my grandfather. This is Doc. I'm not not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll start again. I'm recording now, for sure. Go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Okay, I'm Paul Owen. Uh, I'm 84 years old. Uh, I'm married. I have four children. I live in North South Carolina. 
Uh, my wife is Maxine, and she's she's here and still. We're still uh, making it all right. Uh, That's right. Our health is not too good. Well, you get around. We get around. She doesn't drive anymore. I drive. I, well, I'm driving north. I'll, I'll drive to Orangeburg, but I won't drive any. I don't drive to Columbia. I get somebody to take me if I have to go. Of course, north is 30 miles from Columbia, so it's, it's not a hard trip. How would you describe North South Carolina to someone who's never been here? Um, north used to be a good business town. On Main Street, we had a, uh, on the block I was in, we had a grocery store, a drug store, a doctor's office, um, a furniture store, and a jewelry store. And it was a good, good business town. Of course, Saturday was a big day back then. Why is that? Everybody, all the people, all the farmers, they came to town on Saturday and bought groceries and did shopping. And so we would stay open to 9 or 10 o'clock on Saturday. Really? Really. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> But everybody did it, so nobody thought anything about it. And um, like I said earlier, and I opened on Sunday for two hours, and that was a mistake. I shouldn't have ever started that, but I did. But we used to do a good business on Sunday, but I, we had a soda fountain, and uh, I had kids that worked it, and uh, we did a good business at the soda fountain. And you had your own kids who worked it too. All four of them. All four of them worked at that drugstore. Yeah, Mama has some good stories from working in the drugstore. It was her first job. It was yeah. probably all of your kids' first jobs, all of my aunts and uncles and my mom's first jobs. Mm -hmm. And you were always very playful with us when we were growing up and especially when we were young kids. And one thing that I always remember you used to do with us is play a game that you called Monster. So I'm going to let you describe the game of Monster for me. The, the Monster game is something I think we all dreamed up together. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was larger than me. But uh, my house is a kind of a long house. It's got good many rooms got good places to, to hide, and I would go hide and tell them to count to 20 or 30 or whatever, and then come look for me. And I would pick out a place to hide, and, and they um, they would look in all the rooms and under the beds and in the bathtub and everywhere. And they would, they would eventually find me, and I'd jump out and call a monster and they would scream and run. Scream at the top of our lungs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they, they had a good time and I had a good time. Oh, we definitely did. So you, I don't really remember you working when we were children, but you were a pharmacist. That was your career. And you went to school at the University of South Carolina where quite a few of your grandkids and your kids went to college and I'm one of your grandkids who went to the University of South Carolina as well 
and I believe that you and I actually lived in the same building. So my sophomore year, I lived on the horseshoe, the historic horseshoe, which is kind of like the green quad area with a lot of historic buildings. And I believe you lived there for a year or so, back when they used to be called the tenements. <laughs> the tenements. I think it was tenement 18. I might have been 19, but uh, that was a good dorm room. It was good. Uh, it had a place to study and also a separate bedroom. And that was that was good back then, you know. Because the first first semester I was here, I was uh, I had to live uh, in a dorm that, uh, and that was 1954. Uh, Lord, that was a hot summer. You wouldn't believe. And back then, they didn't have air conditioning dorms. I can't imagine. And you know, that was it was terrible. We used to pray at night that a cold front would come through or rain or something to cool things off. And it didn't cool off. I remember, it didn't cool off to Thanksgiving. I believe it. It's the same now. We just have air conditioning. Yeah, now you got air conditioning. And you couldn't make it. But uh, uh, we, uh, but the next semester I moved in the horseshoe. Uh, and uh, that was much better. It still wasn't air conditioned, but it was cooler. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, that was a good place to, that was a good place to live on the horseshoe. All my classes were in a building uh, on the uh, eastern side of the campus, I think you'd say. And, uh, but that, that, it, it wasn't a bad walk. So with the horseshoe being like the green quad area, it's a great place to go and do activities or hang out and study. And at least when I was there, that's where everyone would go to throw a frisbee around, lay a blanket out, have a picnic, or say you were studying outside and maybe just soak up some sun. Did you go and do any activities on the horseshoe when you were there? What kinds of things would you do? Yeah, we used to, uh, of course I didn't do anything but study, so I didn't do much of activities. Because uh, um, I was, you know, I went to a small school and, uh, and to cab high in Port Payne wasn't the best of high schools for college preparation. And I was up against some smart students from Columbia who went to these high schools that were very good. And of course, back then it was all segregated. It was segregated. That's crazy. And, um, but that's just the way it was. You know. So you grew up in Alabama and you ultimately ended up in South Carolina, but the story of how you got here, you kind of were going back and forth between South Carolina and Alabama a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, raised in, in Fort Payne, and uh, when I was a junior in high school, or going to arise a junior, uh, my father left the hardware store where he worked and took a job at Savannah River, River Project. Savannah River Project. And uh, so after my junior, after my sophomore year, we moved to Norway, South Carolina, 
which uh, is even smaller than North. And uh, uh, they had a high school there, and they had a gym. And my twin brother and I, Gene, didn't, Gene went back to Fort Payne. He was a real good basketball player. But I stayed in Norway and went to school one year. And uh, I played all the sports, football, basketball, baseball. And I told you this, I played basketball on a team that never won a game. And I was the most valuable player. And I got a little medal. Oh, you got a medal? I got a little medal. Oh. I don't have it anymore, but I got a little medal. Um, put it on the chain. I wore it around my neck. Of course, I could show people I was the most valuable player, but I wouldn't have to tell them I was on a team that never won a game. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I, I went back to uh, Fort Payne to finish my senior year. I got back to the Cab High, and uh, uh, I was elected president of the class. I was. I was elected president of the class. I was president, and my twin brother Gene was uh, president of the student body. So we kind of ran the school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we thought we did. And that senior year, when you were back in Fort Payne, was very interesting especially with you and Jean, because Jean got married as a senior in high school. Jean got secretly married. He sure did. He got secretly married, and uh, uh, everybody thought that I knew about it. I didn't know about it before anybody else. And I found out uh, what was so strange. Oh, Lord. I even, I shouldn't say this on interview, I even dated his wife after they were married. And you had no idea. I had no idea. In fact, when we had the junior-senior prom, we had a junior-senior prom over there, and had a band and everything, it was good. I invited her to go to senior prom with me. And she had, uh, because Gene had, Gene was a good basketball player, so he had to go play in some tournament. So uh, uh, I was going to take her, but then this girl from Norway came over, so I, I took her. Uh, so <laughs> That's a long way to come for... Oh, she loved me. Oh. <laughs> Is this the one you were always saying it was getting too serious with? Yeah, yeah. And then how did you find out that Jean had gotten married? I've forgotten now how I found out. I guess somebody told me, or he told the, he told the family, I think. Because none of the family knew him. You know, his mother and father didn't know. Uh, you must have been shocked. Shocked that you had dated a married woman. Yeah, I know it. I know it. In fact, I double dated with him one time. He dated the pre Methodist preacher's daughter, and I dated his wife. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Better like a soap opera, yeah. <laughs> Better than soap opera. Uh, but you ended up with Grandmommy Maxine Owen. That's right. And how did you two meet? I went to a. a I wasn't going with anybody then, but I was in college, 
and uh, they had a little dance dancing all way community center and I went down there and I danced with her two or three times and uh, she was going to that was on New Year's Eve and so she was going to a watch night service at the church but I didn't go but uh, that's how we met and then I um, I asked her for a date and we got together and we've been together ever since. I know, and it's been how many years now? Quite a few. Um, 19, we got married. These high school people, 58, 62, Sixty-eight years. Is that right? That might be right. I I can't do that math in my head today. Maybe it was fifty-eight years. Still, that's a long time. Yeah, I this is a long time. And now you're living through a pandemic together. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the worst things I've ever been involved in. Well, and, and nobody, it's everywhere. They couldn't blame it on the South. They always used to blame everything on the South. But they couldn't blame it on the South this time. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the world. It's a pandemic. Yeah. That's what it is. How have you been keeping yourself entertained? Thank goodness for television. <laughs> Thank goodness for television. And, uh, I read some. And... Uh, my mama cooks me breakfast. I go down to the post office and get the mail and uh, bring it back. And sometimes we get a good bit of mail. A lot of times it's just junk mail. But uh, I hadn't been mail today, believe it or not. When a few times they have been post office and didn't have a mail. Yeah, so what is it like to be married this long? And also, you've been spending a lot of time together recently, too. So, I guess, did you ever think you would be married this long? No, I didn't. Well, I, I, well you don't think about how long you're going to be married. You think about how long you're going to live. And uh, um, I'm 60. I'm 84. I'll be 85. In October, yeah. and uh, Maxine's eighty-seven. She'll be eighty-eight in November. I know. You married an older woman. Yeah, older women make better lovers. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, and I've had. A good many health problems. I've got a pacemaker. Um, my legs are about gone. I can't stand up very long. I can walk better than I can stand. But um, but we have several uh, people that have helped me and been been a lot of help to me. Right now we don't go anywhere. We don't even go to church. Um, because of the pandemic. Right. You know, it just, it's just not a good idea.
being a closed up space. I mean, it's a good thing we have all of this technology for keeping in contact, you know, streaming church services and just more generally keeping ourselves entertained. Yeah, we, uh, we usually watch two church services on Sunday. So uh, we've enjoyed that and we watch that every Sunday. And you've seen a lot of technology develop over your life. Oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can remember, uh, I can remember when we didn't have television, you know. When did you get your first television, or your family get their first television? I was in high school, I think, maybe the ninth or tenth grade or something like that, um, that we got a, a, a TV, and of course it all back then they didn't have color TV in black and white, and you didn't have but three stations: NBC, and CBS, and, and uh, ABC. All the cable came up much later, so. But we didn't, of course, we enjoyed the uh, TV. But I, you know, you find out what people can do. But when I was growing up and a young boy, we. We knew all the the, the songs. Um, we listened to the radio a lot, and I I enjoyed the uh, uh, radio programs and mysteries on radio. You use your imagination more than people do today, really. So in a lot of ways, it was good. Our television can make you a zombie, I think, after a while, but it's a lifesaver for us. Right now, for sure. And you had two brothers. I had two brothers. And twin brother Gene, he he was a Gene wasn't anything like me. Um, we were our, we were not identical twins. Uh, he was tall. He was six three. Wow. I'm about five eleven. So and he was a good basketball player. wasn't quite good enough to make it in college. He might have could have made it in a small college. But like he got married when he was in a senior in high school, so that kind of knocked that out. And even being so different, were you close growing up? Well, yeah, fairly close. We used to get some good fights. Sure did. But he would do his own thing. Cause we didn't, we didn't have a car back then. Uh, we had one family car, and that was it. Not like today where they have two two cars and the children got cars and you know. So uh, we walked to school every day. Were you always in the same class as Gene? Uh, yeah, good, a good much time uh, in school when uh, senior year we, were, we, we had the same classes, I, I believe. Were you competitive with each other? Not really, not really. In college, I think we we had college algebra together. Oh, you had classes in college together too. Yeah, he went to Carolina. He finished an engineer, I finished in pharmacy. And we had college algebra together. And he did very well because we didn't have a good professor. Oh, he was terrible. He was worse than terrible. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I made a D, a D, that's the only D I ever made, Fuck. and was happy to get it, because <laughs> he flunked over half the class. 
over half the class I, I flunked. And uh, he was proud of flunking over half the class. And we had uh, we had freshman chemistry together. I did very well in chemistry. Very good. Made A's in chemistry. Back then, if you were in pharmacy, you just took a lot of chemistry. Mm -hmm. But if you got the basis of it, it wasn't hard. Organic, well, they talked about organic being so hard, but I, I never thought it was so hard, but you had to study it every day. That was the secret, study it every day. And you have another brother who's younger. Yeah, I have a younger brother. He was uh, eight years younger than me. Me and my brother Gene, John. And John, John's a pharmacist too. He's retired now. He lives in Columbia, mm -hmm. up there. I talked to him ever, I talked to him last week. Were you close with him growing up because of the age difference? No, not very, not really. You know, I was eight years old. I was, what, the second or third grade? when he was born, so we go. time he got, he started school, I was in high school. So it's a different world, high school. So switching topics here a little bit, I know we've talked about this before, um, but during World War II, your dad was drafted to serve in the Navy and he never went overseas to serve. No, he was. My uncle, my uncle Glenn, uh, was at Auburn, and he he went. He got. He came. Went as an officer, and he was in the army. He went to. Uh, he served in Europe, but uh, my my father didn't think he was going to be drafted, but towards that. 1943 or so, the war started in 1941. By 1943 or 1944, they started drafting everybody because they were running out of bodies. Mm -hmm. So he he joined the Navy, and he went to Pensacola after he took his basic training. And uh, in basic training, and uh, he. He was there. He served as a gun, a gunner instructor because he was a real good, good shot. He used to shoot a lot of skeet, so he was a, a gunner instructor. Do you remember a lot from that time of what it was like when he was away? Well, we just did the best we could, you know. Uh, he would come home when he got leave, and. Uh, then when he came home, he, he uh, that would be 1945, not long after that, he came to South Carolina. And that's when we moved to South Carolina. So, might have the time a little bit. And life during a world war must have been very different. Oh, yeah, yeah, I kept, yeah, people don't realize that. Uh, Y'all don't realize uh, we had ration of all kinds. Ration sugar, ration shoes, uh, ration everything, mm -hmm. just about. And, uh, but it wasn't any big deal. I mean, we made out all right. 
we always had shoes to wear and food to eat, and we were all right. And uh, um, and that's when that's when that's when this, we were born in 1935. About the end of the. The depression was ended, but the depression did not end until World War Two started. That's when the depression ended. Yeah, all this government uh, money came in, flowing in, and and they had to build, they had to build ships and uh, tanks, and all this manufacturing started up, and automobiles were you couldn't buy an automobile. You could buy a bicycle. I remember when the war was over and uh, we wanted a bicycle so bad, couldn't find a bicycle. And finally we got in some bicycles at the Western Auto in Fort Payne. And Gene and I got one. He had one, I had one. Wow. My brother Gene. I bet you were elated to have a Yeah, I love Yeah. Rose up bicycle everywhere. From that bicycle if you could go back to be any age, what age would you be? Probably high school again. That was a good age. I never did have any money much. My father was tight with money. and uh, But we worked some, we cut yards, and uh, I worked at the hardware store. Um, when my father went to the Savannah River project, I started working at the hardware store. I worked at the hardware store on Saturday, and I worked from, they opened up at seven o'clock in the morning. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning, closed at 5.30. Clo uh, weekdays, they closed at five o'clock. But uh, um, they, uh, I made two dollars and a half. And what would you spend your money on? I don't know. <laughs> two dollars a half was a good bit of money back then. Uh, just, I never did save any of it. How could you save a two dollars and a half? <laughs> but, uh, and I worked at the hardware store and I made, I made fifteen dollars a week, I think. <laughs> then I worked, went to work as a drugstore across the street from the hardware store, Queen's Drugstore. And I liked the work, and I liked the pharmacist there. Uh, and that's how he influenced me in going to, into um, pharmacy. What would you do there? They had a soda fountain. That's so funny. So you worked at the soda fountain, and then years later, your children worked the soda fountain at your pharmacy. That's right. Dip ice cream, made milkshakes, swept the floor, and mopped the floor, everything. And you still go to Fort Payne every year? Yeah, I go at least once a year, but I, I think I'm going to have to miss this year. And you go for your class reunion? Yeah, we have a class reunion. Uh, we had it in June this year, but we called it off. Right. We called it off which was a smart thing to do. Uh, of course, our class 1954 is getting smaller. Uh, we had around, around 100 graduates in our class. 
but the numbers get smaller every year. And I always enjoyed the classroom reunion. Had a good bunch of good bunch of people. What is that like? If that's not too personal, just to grow older and see less and less of the people you grew up with, either able to show up or around anymore. Kind of depressing in a way, but then you try to you know look at the good things that happened when you were going to school. Fort Payne was a good town. It was a good town. Still is. Uh, what was your favorite thing about growing up in Alabama? Going to the, probably going to the football game. Yeah. The basketball game. Because they were big in town, right? Everyone was Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to play this team every year, bat ahead, bat ahead. You might have been there. I don't know where I've been taking you to bat ahead or not. It's about 15 miles north of Fort Bayne. Okay. It's right before you get into Georgia. But it's a, uh, but it's a small town, smaller than Fort Bay, but they always had a good football team, always. But we would play them every year on Thanksgiving Day. On Thanksgiving. Always on Thanksgiving Day, and of course when we played up there, it would be full. When we played in Fort Bay, it would be packed full. You know, it was a fun time. So now we're in such a weird time. The world is in such a weird time, but you've seen a lot in your life. Uh, do you have any advice for the time we find ourselves in? Just go keep your religion, believe in God, trust Him, take care of your family, and uh, uh, do the best you can. Well, it's meant a lot to me to know you and Grandmommy my entire life, obviously, but into my adulthood, and I just feel very lucky to, to know you guys and have spent so much time with you. What does it mean to you to see your children and now your grandchildren growing up and grown? Grow up, I know it. It's, it's something. Um... I don't, I don't have any great grandchildren that I know of. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But uh, you have a few grandkids who are married or about to get married. Yeah, all of them. Most of most of the boys got girlfriends now. I know. You know, so but they're all good kids. All of them are good kids, and uh, they've done very well. Well, I think that's about all I have. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? No, I don't think I have anything else. How many people are going to hear this? I don't know. Maybe we can guilt a few people into listening, but I just feel like now is the time to do this. And, you know, honestly, I probably shouldn't have, should have done this a few years ago, but I really am so grateful to have you in my life and to be able to keep these stories because you always told so many stories to us when we were growing up and there are so many that you really are the only person who can tell them the way you tell them. Um, well, I'll look back on it now. 
and some things I would change and some things I wouldn't. But overall, I think it's been pretty good. Well, Doc, I really appreciate your time, and I am so grateful that you sat down to talk to me. So thank you. <laughs> you had it on that time. I did have it on that time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Grand Project. If you liked this first episode, I'd love it if you could leave a review. And you can follow the podcast at Grand Project Pod on Instagram. Special thanks to Jack Barber for setting me up with some great audio equipment, even if I forget to actually turn it on, and for helping with the audio engineering for this episode. Additional thanks to my friends and family for all of the support, especially to Doc for letting me sit down with him today. We'll be back with more grand stories soon, so stay tuned.